Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. The other day I struck up a conversation with a couple in the grocery store and they were expecting their first child and it was an exciting conversation. I mean, they told me all about their preparations for having a baby and they already had a mentor couple and a birth plan in place. And uh, as I left, they asked me if I had any book recommendations and I did mention I wrote a book for first-time dads and commended them for being so well-prepared. But if I could give one piece of advice to new parents, it might be this. Uh, Stay flexible. It can be discouraging if you're not willing to kind of shape your plans as you go and as you figure things out. I remember a pastor told me, you can read all the parenting books, but your kid won't read any of them. So there's this gap, and you have to be flexible. I'm John Fuller, joined by Danny Huerta. He's the head of our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family, and we'll talk in just a moment or two. But Focus President Jim Daly and I spoke with Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley and author Suzanne Goslin, who offered some helpful advice about preparing for your first child. Suzanne, let's talk about that spontaneity, because uh, when a child comes along, a lot of couples, unlike the smallies, uh, may lose that spontaneity because there's so many to-dos on the list and, you know, constantly cleaning and sickness and all the other things that can occur. Couples can just uh, lack the energy, I guess, to become Mm -hmm. or to maintain some spontaneity. Is that a problem? I think so. I think you need to be intentional going into having a child. Um, as they were talking about setting up date nights, you're going to have to be intentional because default mode is staying home with mm-hmm. that baby 24-7 and, <laughs> yeah. and sleeping when you have an opportunity. Um, for me, I realized that I quit my full-time job and went home to stay home with my son, which was my dream. But I ended up becoming very isolated those first six months because I just didn't have the energy to go do things or I felt like I didn't. Um, Something that I think is common for parents is once you have that second or third child, you realize I should have done so much more with the first one because it was such a cinch with just one baby. So I think you do need to be intentional about creating the spontaneity. But at the same time, I talked to one mom who said I was going to be that adventure mom that took my baby everywhere and she had severe colic and we had to stay home. And so you have to be prepared for what could happen that might get in the way of your plans or you're going to end up frustrated. That's what we had. Both Trent and Troy were colicky babies. So it was, I mean, when we had Trent as a first time, first time parents and we're going, this can't be normal. I was out driving (laughs) Trent in the neighborhood at two, three in the morning, putting (laughs) him on the dryer at three 30 in the morning. You know, we even bought something called gripe water from Britain and was giving that to them. I don't know what it was. I'm sure it was useless, but uh, gripe water. What a great name. Give your colicky baby gripe water. (laughs) But it's bad. I didn't try a swig. But uh, let me ask you, too, um, talking to newly expectant mothers, what advice would you give them? What's one thing? Suzanne, that you would say, here's what you can do to really make it better. Okay, well, I would say adjust, be willing to adjust your expectations and don't typecast yourself. One thing I went into being a mom saying, I'm going to be this kind of mom. I'm going to be the mom that is always well-dressed, who doesn't let herself go. Has it all together. Yeah, goes out in public (laughs) a lot with the baby. And that did end up being frustrating because... Babies are born to be interruptions. 
I mean, they are the sweetest interruptions possible. But so go in with that expectation. Yes. You're going to be interrupted all day and much of the night Absolutely. Long. One of the experts I talked to said moms generally go into hibernation mode for that first three months of their baby's life and be okay with that. Be okay having a messy house for three months. Be okay bringing in takeout food, especially be okay asking for help and accepting help from people who want to help you. I would say that would be something that I would tell first-time moms is definitely accept the help that's offered. And if you're not being offered help, seek it out because that is going to make those first few weeks and months. Who do you ask? I mean, let's say you don't have parents nearby. Yeah. Who can you turn to? That's a great question. Coworkers, um, if you're connected to a church, which you, that's a great Small step. group. <laughs> yeah, small group. Um, yeah, people you're attending church with. There are people around, even if you don't have family in the area. So try to make those connections. Aaron, do you have anything uh, that you'd add to that? One bit of advice for a mom who, uh, this is her first time, this is her baby coming. What would you tell her? You know, looking back, I wish I would have given myself more grace that everything, like Susanna's saying, everything doesn't have to be perfect and you may not do it just right. I know there's this one plan that we were doing to try to get her to sleep through the night. And when it didn't work the second week, I was devastated. But you know what? In the big picture, she's 20 years old now. And guess what? She sleeps a lot. And it really, she was <laughs> sleeping. Much, yeah. She was sleeping through the night by like eight weeks and it didn't meet the six week criterion of this program. But you know what? It's okay. And just to give yourself grace and not judge yourself so harshly, but give yourself grace to just let things kind of unfold as they do. Because we often, as women and as moms, we beat ourselves up and put the guilt trip on and, you know, don't do it. Don't do it. And just really take the attitude that things are going to work out. Yes, I need to be intentional about some things and scheduling and feeding and, you know, especially let people help you. Don't feel like a failure if you have to accept help because other moms, they get it. They, you know, usually there's someone who's six months ahead of you. They know what you're going through. Let them step in and help. You know, I can relate to what Aaron said there. Uh, I think Dina and I could have given ourselves a little bit more grace in those early years of parenting and we still need to remind ourselves we're not perfect, we've messed up, and oh well, we do our best. Uh, Denny, is there anything that you wish you would have known before your kids were on the scene? Yeah, it really uh, relates more to, to marriage, to, oh. to maintain fun and creative ways to connect as husband and wife. Uh, you do that well when you're dating, and then you're excited about having your child, you read books together, you go to the, the, the classes together, and all of a sudden you have a child. And then you're sometimes against each other in the middle of the night. No, it's your turn. No, no, it's your turn. I did it this time. And then you're, you're, you're tired trying to resolve things. You forget how to play and have fun together. And no one talked to us about that. We had a lot of the practicalities on parenting. We took the classes and, and then, you know, I had gotten to study about mm -hmm. development. But, man, it really took me by surprise on, on the marriage side of things, on, on the impact it can have if you don't watch out for that. And you don't look for creative ways uh, to even connect just in, in, in small ways. And also, just the sleep deprivation, there's nothing that can prepare you for that. No, I thought I was going to start is. hallucinating. You know, I was going, <laughs> what is this? I can't. When am I going to sleep again? And I, I remember falling asleep on the floor. Uh, in the hallway in our house at one point. I, I was so exhausted. I saw you asleep at your desk the other day, so it's still going. <laughs> yeah, that's right, it's still going. <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up, yeah. John. Yeah, no, so it's... And then the other one for me would be financial planning oh. at each age and stage. What to expect at each age and stage 
of my child's development. They talk about financial planning, but no details of what what happens at each of those ages and stages. That would have been helpful. Yeah, there, yeah. So, so there's a lot you could plan on doing. For those of us who have adult kids, and most of my kids are, are now adults, um, you can look back and kind of think, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. Yeah. How do I do what Aaron was talking about? How do I, uh, with adult kids, kind of let go and say, you know what? I can't go back and capture those days, so now I just have to be the best dad I can be to these adult kids. Yeah, and that's the other preparation piece, being good with imperfections. From a messy house to dirty diapers at the most inconvenient times to a child throwing up on you right before you're going to go to a meeting or something. I mean, it really, there are imperfections all the way to adulthood when you have very little control and your children are making decisions that they're making. That's where all along the way, prayer is so essential we just say, oh, and I, I prayed for that. No, no, you prayed for it. And God is listening, and he is with you, and he ultimately is going to be the guide. And have your soul renewed by God's word through prayer as well as he helps you adjust to the realities ahead of you. Yeah, and just I, I would say as well, remember that this child is ultimately the Lord's. You are the steward of guiding this child. Yes. But this is not your child, ultimately. This is God's, and he loves that kid more than you can possibly know. And he'll give you the wisdom and the grace along the way, and, and he knows. He knows. And John, you know, if we knew everything ahead of time, we probably had a panic. We would have a panic attack. Oh, I'd have a smaller we, family. It's good that things are, are revealed <laughs> along the way yeah. and that we get to adjust to that, and that transforms us. Lean into the transformation and make sure you're patient with it and that you're patient with one another. Yeah, enjoy the journey. We have so many things here at Focus on the Family to help you, regardless of what's going on right now. Uh, There really is a joy in parenting, and nothing can compare to that. So uh, let us know if we can be of help. We have caring Christian counselors uh, who can speak into whatever situation you're dealing with. We have great resources, including the book, uh, Expectant Parents, Preparing Together for the Journey of Parenthood. Um, It's written by Suzanne Goslin, and we'd be happy to send a copy of that to you. If you can, please make a generous donation today to Focus on the Family. Uh, Help us help other parents and strengthen families through a variety of ways. Donate today, and we'll send that book out to you. Details are in the episode notes, or call 800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY. And whether you're a new parent or you've been at it for years, Danny's book is a really valuable resource. It's called The Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, and we've got it here. Just call or look in the episode notes for the link. Next time, advice for parenting infants. I think you're going to find that helpful. And uh, for now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 